Trevor and we are the Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 110. You are joined by camera operator BJ McDonald. He is the guy behind the lens of your favorite horror and genre films and TV projects. Everything from Zombieland 2, The Devil's Rejects, The Hatchet franchise, Killer Joe, The Lords of Salem, Avengers, The Annabelle films, Shazam, The Curse of La Llorona, The Nun, and more. He's also a producer, writer, and director whose work was nominated for an award for Hatchet 3 and who brought us the incredible Relentless Killogy, a short narrative film for the band Slayer that is an over-the-top blood fest starring a who's who of genre stars including Bill Mosley, Danny Trejo, Derek Mears, and plenty more. Hear about his incredible experiences working with the biggest filmmakers in the genre, like James Wan, William Friedkin, and Rob Zombie. We'll talk about the upcoming Conjuring 3 and Wan's new film with the working title Malignant that he recently completed. How bug spray can ruin everyone's day and Victor Crowley's Swamp to hanging out with Slayer in a blood-drenched snowbank to soaking Hayden Panettiere with blood at a guar show. It's a non-stop thrill ride on episode 110. This is BJ McDonald, and you are getting slayed by another killer episode of The Boo Crew. These are somebody's balls. Balls are not supposed to be hanging from trees. That guy knows what's up. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio is a passionate and gifted writer, director, and producer. Among his credits, the incredibly fun and bloody Hatchet 3. He is also the award-winning person behind the camera for the world's biggest horror and action films. He's worked on the Zombieland movies, Rob Zombie's Halloween franchise, Lords of Salem 31, The Collector films, Avengers, Ant-Man. He's also the guy James Wan trusts to film the many entries of the Conjuring universe, The Nun, The Curse of La Llorona, Annabelle Creation, Annabelle Comes Home, the next chapter of The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It out this year. His credits are endless. Between 2015 and 2016, he produced, wrote, and directed a set of music videos for the band Slayer that turned everyone's heads for Slayer's most significant and powerful album, album number 12, their very last album. The videos were then repackaged and prepped for an all-new experience that happened on November 6th of 2019, a special one-night event screening in over 1,500 theaters around the world, serving as the official grand finale of perhaps the most dangerous band in music. The blood-soaked, action-packed, repentless Killogy is available on Blu-ray now and is a must-watch for any gorehound and music fan, I'm telling you. We welcome BJ McDonald to the show. Yeah! Hey, thanks for having me, guys. That was quite the intro. Well, thank you for being here. Maybe you feel really good. (laughs) Oh, good. You are by far probably one of the busiest people we've had in here. (laughs) Okay. What have you been working on most recently? I did Zombieland 2, uh, came home, did uh, the reshoots of Top Gun 2, mm, and wow. some of the other stuff with, on Top Gun, like out at, we were out in Fallon, Nevada with the Jets, and Holy it was shit. Cool. Then I went and did Conjuring 3, God, what did I do after that? Came back, then I did the, uh, started the Collected, the part three of the Collector with Marcus Dunstan, um, directing second unit on that, and then I just got done doing a little bit of uh, work with James Wan on his new movie, Malignant. 
Oh, cool. Which I'm not sure if that'll be the name of it, but that's what the title was as we wow. shot it. Yeah. So it's been a pretty crazy year. And those are all amazing yeah. projects yeah. too. It's been fun. God, I've been lucky. I, I every time a job's done, I'm always like, well, I maybe I may, I may never work again, you know. So I don't know. I just I'm a total uh, carny. <laughs> yeah, say. that's great. Yeah. I'm curious, what is the experience like of working under the direction of people like James Wan and his cinematographer Maxime Alexander? All these these incredible people that really have likely developed a creative shorthand when it comes to building, especially in the conjuring universe, Mm -hmm. certain benchmarks that are part of that brand. Right. How do you fit into that world as far as what you're supposed to bring on your end to that brand? I think a lot of the times it, well, I I'm actually very good at working just with different personalities and different people. I'm actually pretty, uh, I mean, I, I get along with basically everybody. I try to at least, but I also being a fan of horror films and making movies in general, you know, I, I just try to offer my best advice when we're doing things to what I would think would be good when they're doing something or, you know, it's, it's basically just how you work with the people that you're with, you know, you got to be able to work well with them. And, and uh, I just, I got lucky, honestly. I mean, I, I really chalk it all up to luck. You know, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now and uh, I've just been very lucky. And, and I fell into the horror community because I love horror films. You know, I'm an eighties kid, so I, you know, I'm a huge fan. And so every time I get into that, I think it's also a bit of heart and a bit of passion. It's not just a paycheck. You know, you go in with, with wanting to make a good product and really believing in what you're working on. And that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, it's a great job, great career. I'm lucky. And I just, I, every, every project I do is just heartfelt. I try to, I try to sink my heart and soul into it. You know, being a horror fan, is there, a point where the mystique and the things that make you love it go away from being seeing behind the curtain. You know what I mean? Does it spoil it for you a little bit or is it still just as cool? It's, it's always still just as cool whenever you're there <laughs> doing so the stuff. Great. You know, I, I, yeah. it's nothing ever gets old with, with the horror stuff. I, every, you know, when they bring out, you know, the blood and, and the blood tubing and the, the effects and the makeup, I love seeing the makeup effects. You know, I love watching what they do. It's such a art you know, it's an art form in all honesty, and it just doesn't get old. And when you have somebody that does an amazing effect or prosthetic or, you know, anything like that, it's it's so impressive at the talent that went into making these creatures or just, you know, the effects alone that I'm always excited to see that. I, I never, you know, go, oh, it's, it's, it's another knife killer. Right. <laughs> you know, it's another neck slice. It's like, I'm always like, fuck yeah, dude, let's like, you know, yeah. spray that. And people are like, you want to cover up? I'm like, no, nah, let's get the fake blood all over me. I, I'm always into that shit. Like, I, nice. I'm all for it. You know, speaking of the uh, Conjuring universe, it's known to have these great shots, especially the first one, like when they're moving into the house mm-hmm. and the camera just kind of goes to the cam, yeah, mm-hmm. right inside the house, underneath the couch and all that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other sequence where the, uh, Everything starts going crazy, yeah. you know, and the camera just goes from one hallway to another, and it, it never stops. Oh yeah, or even even uh, Conjuring Two, where uh, I think it was the second story, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, right through the window. Mm-hmm. I think are those like shots that you crafted for James, or well, or I only did part three. Anytime I ever seen anything James has done before, I've worked with James. I think there's always one really well thought out steady cam shot that I've noticed that like in his movies that I've always, you know, been yeah. like, Oh, here it comes. There's that one shot. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty awesome. You know, but James thinks everything out. I mean, he's very planned. Wow. You know, and when, and, and even just this last movie I was working with him on it, you know, it's just everything's so planned out. It's amazing to watch him work because sometimes you'll, you'll get directors that are like, you know, Oh, I don't, I, you know, they'll do a take and then they, and then 
you know, they'll just they'll settle for it. But James, I'll watch him. He'll watch the scene. And then even if it takes a bit longer than what it should have taken, his notes are always something that's always going to make it better. Right. Where some directors I've worked with, you know, and I won't mention names, but some directors, they'll, they'll do something else that actually kind of lost the effect. But every time James has made a note or, or anything like that, it always seems to be for the better of the movie. And it's almost worth taking time to do it. You know what I mean? Right. Some, cause some people you're there for, you know, you're in there for 12 to 15 hours a day. Sure. And people get like, Oh my God, I'm ready to go home. And sure. It's tiring. But like, honestly, because he's such a nice guy and such a great guy to work with, it's like everybody wants to be a part of that and make a part of that and, and, uh, and just be involved with it. And I, I'm impressed when I watch him. Wow. Like he's, he's really great. <laughs> That's obviously part of the secret sauce of why all those films work so well. Right. If they're done with heart like that. Yeah. I mean, he, he's passionate. Yeah, he's he's fantastic, and just I I love watching him work. I like working with him. You know, he's he's fantastic. And his third one is uh, being directed by Michael Shavs, right? Yep, that was uh, yeah, Michael Shavs. He he did that, and that's the one I did. Um, we shot that down in Atlanta, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's it still keeps in line. Still has Ed and Lorraine, and uh, you know, I, I can't talk too much about it, but <laughs> it's 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 another Conjuring movie that I think we did some extra. We did some neat stuff in this one. That's there's a little bit of difference. From the other movies, it, it sucks that I can't talk too much about it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not out, and I'd love to be able to say more. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same, but it has a little bit of difference to it. So right. it's uh, it, it's gonna be cool. I think it's gonna be really cool. I hope it's gonna be cool. <laughs> I'm sure, it will. we we did a big steady cam shot in that one too. Oh, that's cool. Which man. is which I'm happy about. Yeah. Uh, since you're a horror fan, can you talk about your first experience with the horror genre? Oh my God. Well, as we were talking about earlier, we we're walking around your amazing house, by the <laughs> way. You. Yeah. I mean, as a little kid, I grew up when HBO first came out. You know, I remember that stupid little miniature set, which I still love, when the camera flies over. Yeah. And yeah. Over yeah. And <laughs> it was like that. such a huge thing. That I they even did thought the, about that, that? Till right now. I remember that. Yeah. And then they, and it was like the biggest thing. They even had like a how they did it, like, yeah. like featurette in between <laughs> right. the movies. But like my parents, they worked really hard. You know, my mom was a nurse. My dad worked in the military base. And they kind of left me just to be like, you know, they would come home. They were good parents. And then they would just, you know, good night and then leave me with the remote. Yeah. And so Friday nights, HBO, you know, I'd turn on a movie and be like, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> and, and strangely enough, and this isn't really, maybe it's not horror. I don't know. But the first kind of experience I ever had was I remember um, heavy metal, the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing like, oh, a cartoon's on. And the Lochnar melts this person at the very beginning. It was like scarring to me. I was yeah. like, what? Because like all the cartoons that I was so used to were so like, you know, right. like the Flintstones <laughs> or G.I. Joe and things like that. But like this fucking and like women that were like naked, naked right? yeah. Yeah. people getting blown up. Like those little nerdy guys turns into a big dude. And like, it's just crazy, you know? And that was like kind of like my first experience, like, Oh wait, there's there's more than just like kids stuff, and then of course, obviously, Escape from New York was a big thing, which isn't horror. I've, I don't consider it horror, but like I was obsessed with that, and then that kind of got me the John Carpenter thing, and like you know Halloween, right. and uh, you know, the, and the thing. When yeah. I saw the thing, it blew me away. Yeah. Like, and it still blows me away to this day that that movie they made that movie back then, and what it is, and right. the the amount of work, just like I was saying earlier, with the makeup effects. The creativity that went into that to make those things yeah. work still stand true today. You watch it oh, yeah. and you're just like, I mean, it's physically like you could touch that. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I like about some movies. Like, like I, 
I'm still old school. I'm, and a lot of people agree with me. It's still like build, build the things. Don't CGI the things. CGI is great to add in my opinion, but you need to have the, the, the effect there physically to right. believe it. And I think that works better in horror films to actually see these things. Oh, definitely. That, that's how I feel about it. I mean, CG is great, but when you're basing your whole monster off of it, sometimes I just don't, I, I kind of get lost into it. Yeah. There's all these crazy stories of uh, Rob Oteen working on the thing. And yeah. I mean, working like, 80 hours a day, you know, basically trying to get these effects done and deadlines. It's like, you know, this is melting. This has got to be cold. You know, it's, it's like, wow, it's insane. When, when you watch the movie, you're like, hey, that's pretty cool, you know, but you don't realize that, man, that guy was overworked beyond, you know. Oh, but, yeah. But the, the quality of the effects are amazing. They were awesome. Yeah. And so it was like that kind of stuff. Like, and, and like the Friday the 13th movie, as I like, and I think they're fun, you know, I think they're, they're but they're like, most people are like, I love Friday the 13th. And I'm like, yeah, I like Friday the 13th. I like Halloween better. But like, I really liked like John Carpenter's The Thing, and yeah. and then Nightmare on Elm Street changed my world. Like when that when that came out, and that was another <laughs> thing I saw on HBO when I was a kid. Oh and, yeah, and the Nightmare on Elm Street one is scary as shit. Yeah, like, yeah it is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so scary when when Freddy's going down that alley, and even oh, yeah. if you look at it, it's like you can see the arms are kind of like all they're all kind of wonky, but still, it's like. If you went out in your alley and you saw that taking out your garbage, you'd shit your pants. Yeah. I mean, it's like what? it's so amazing, yeah. you know, that they did yeah. that. And then just like and his character alone, the way they built him up and like he had the comedy moments to him. He was just this weird dream thing. And yeah, that was like and, 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 the, and the scary part that you can't go to sleep. Right. Like, yeah. I want to go to bed when I get up. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm always I'm always tired. Yeah. And 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 uh, I couldn't imagine that, like never being able to go to sleep and. And you don't know if you're sleeping or dreaming or yeah. awake. Oh, yeah. Those little micro sleeps that happen in all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Where it's like, oh, shit. He's just, they're sleeping. They're yeah. sleeping. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he's not. A, yep. Yeah. It's such a genius franchise. That, as For me as well, that was one of my first experiences was watching Elm Street 3. And oh, it was on. Yeah, it was, on, it was yeah. like. But as a kid, that I couldn't fucking get that movie out of my head for like. Yeah a month like I thinking about it, eating dinner like oh shit yeah. and then you go to bed I mean because everyone has to sleep yeah. and, and dreams are such a weird mysterious thing anyway yeah, yeah it, it totally and like and that's it like Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 3 yeah those ones are great. so awesome yeah. like and because part 2 for me I was like oh what'd they do you yeah. know like I was kind of bummed out about that Freddy Krueger is almost always silhouetted and dark and I never got to see him like he did in part 1 yeah and then it was like and then part 3 came out and I was like there it is, yeah. you know, and, and, and they, they ruled that it was yeah. such a good movie. Oh, I wanted to ask about some of the, the Conjuring universe films that you worked on. I wondered if you had any particular favorite scenes out of any of them that you were involved in. Oh, wow. Let me think that stood out. There was this one in the nun that we did that I really enjoyed. And that was actually, it was the reshoots because the nun uh, Maxime shot. Yeah. But Maxime couldn't do the reshoots. <laughs> So we actually, I came on the reshoots because I, I wasn't overdoing the main unit stuff, like the main shoot. And uh, for some reason, I, I was like the like the reshoot guy for a while. And uh, but we shot a lot of the nun here. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, there's, but anyways, there's this one thing, and James was directing this por- this portion of it, and it's the scene uh, for people who have seen it where Frenchie's walking around out in the woods, and he keeps seeing the the one nun. And it's just this big steady cam through the wood oh, stuff that yes. we were doing. And I yeah. did all that stuff. And then at the very end, you see the feet come down because the one nun's hanging. Yeah. And all that. But that was like that one out of that whole universe. I really enjoyed doing that. And me and James and, and, and Michael Burgess, the dir- uh, director of photography that, that um, filled in for Maxime because Maxime was on another project. 
there was one spot to put Video Village when we were out at Disney Ranch. So he had to actually create this like whole like facade, like where it was like everyone on the crew that wasn't in the shot had to hide behind this one like like basically like looked like you know it was just like a black and some tree branches and stuff and everyone was just huddled in there <laughs> because we were 360 in all the woods oh, and everything wow. like like wow. and it's cut up but like when we shot it, it, it james wanted to be able to free float through the whole woods and be able to do stuff so we were just out there doing doing all that and it was a lot of fun you know just getting out there and just being creative with with him and wow and i, I love that and, and and actually bonnie the nun like when she comes out like that makeup is so awesome <laughs> yeah. and i think eleanor um the makeup artist who works on all james stuff she she I believe she created that look with the with what James in the Conjuring Two with yeah. uh, that was like what James wanted to do, and then that was her look, and that's just a neat look. It was a, it was a Frenchie the the was, one the, the one guy that was Frenchy, like yeah. Frenchie, yeah, that was him going through the woods, and like he kept seeing the nun, and he would like try to go through the trees, yes. and then it ends up, and there was like this whole grave where I'd fo- like we had crosses everywhere, just crosses and crosses and crosses, and actually I think I can talk about this, but anyways, Frenchie died originally in the movie, like he he did not live, he there he. He was dead. Wow. And and when they tested the movie, uh, Frenchie, people liked his character so much that that was more reshoots to bring him back. Yeah. You know what's crazy about that, though? You know, back in the 80s on, I don't remember what channel it was on network TV. It's like, you know, tune in Friday night. You'll witness a live exorcism on TV. And there was this, you know, this gentleman. Yeah. And it was the one where they're showing, you know, the crosses appearing and stuff, you know? Right. Now, they never explained who that was or where. Now, if you fast forward to... Tony Sparrow's uh, recent like stuff he's been doing for Annabelle Comes Home. Mm-hmm. He's um, <clears throat> I did that movie. He's a yeah, <laughs> he's a Warren's uh, son-in-law. Oh okay, yeah. yeah so he's a uh, he's married to Judy Sparrow, the, yeah. daughter, the daughter of the, the Warrens. Yep. You know, he he mentioned that that footage. Actually, she was showing the footage, and I'm like, wait a minute, I remember seeing that when yeah. I was a kid. That was Frenchie. Yeah, that fr- Frenchie was real. Well, that's well, that's the thing, and and, and James, from what I understand, he bases most of these movies off of what the Warrens basically really the investigations that they did sure even in annabelle uh right. comes home there's a werewolf that they investigated so yes. we we put a werewolf uh part in the movie you know so he he does his research yeah that's and, amazing and it's pretty it's it's just cool i mean that, that's a whole neat yeah thing anyways i remember seeing the annabelle dolls a raggedy ann doll like before they did the annabelle movies i remember like hearing the stories about that doll and uh it was just kind of neat how it all kind of came around yeah and, you know here we are Annabelle Comes Home was fantastic, yeah. by the way. We love it. That's actually, we actually use that as a gateway horror film for our 10 year old daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. it's got, it's, it's, well, it's a kid's, it's a yeah. kid's, it, it's fun, right? right? It's, it's fun and yeah. terrifying. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, it's basically, you know, people running around a house, you know, from ghosts. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That, that's a good movie to introduce. Yeah. If you have kids and you want to give them the horror, that's yeah. actually a very good one. It's it her favorite opinion. movie. Now. Yeah. She was just like, it was just scary enough, right? Like, just scary enough for her that she's like a little bit, but still like went for it. She, and it felt like an event to her, which was really exciting for us to watch. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. That's They're, fun to watch the experience right there. Yeah. The first yeah. experience oh, of that. You're like, I hope so, she likes this. It's so good. fun. It's so fun. Yeah. There was one of my favorite scenes in that one is when, um, I guess the bride's dress is revealed and they're standing in the, the little mm-hmm. girl's bedroom and you see the bride walk around yeah. the outside of the room. And oh yeah. Things in the bedroom are falling as she's walking across. That was a very long steady cam take. Really? really? I yeah, that I was just like I would fall. And we had to do all the cues with that happening. Really? Oh, call it wow. out as the ghosts going in, and things were going off the wall, and it was actually all practical when we did that. Are you serious? Jeez, wow. Yeah, we did wow. all on the set, and the whole thing was built on a set, and and uh, yeah, that was all plotted out. Gary Doberman was the director of that, and he's awesome. 
Uh, that guy's great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he had his shit together with that. It was cool. That is incredible. Awesome. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite sequences in all the Conjuring films is that for some reason, I just like, oh my God, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. It, it, that's what's fun is like creating those kind of shots. Yeah. And, and, and being able to make those really work out. And yeah. when you have the time to do those things, that's the other thing. It's like people don't understand like that don't work in films that sometimes you, you know, if you have a, a schedule that's good, that that's like you know 30 to 40 days or more you can take time to make these shots it's all these other smaller movies that people people bag on movies all the time i hate seeing that too like when you know people that criticize movies and shit they don't understand what it really goes into making these shots and sometimes people have a 15 day shoot to make a horror film and then you get people that are bagging on that kind of shit and you're like guys you know Make one what, yourself. what did you do? Yeah, exactly. Let's right. see what, let's let's see what you do. Yeah, and, uh, your shoes, man. Yeah, let's yeah. see that because I, I mean, I've been on quick shoots that are like, you know, you have to be very on top of it, and and you have to be, you know, really like planned out with with what you're gonna do if you have a shoot like that, you know. But they had time to do that stuff, which was cool, you know. That's awesome. Shooting in the woods, and you've shot in swamps. Mm-hmm. Has anything really creepy happened? That's not planned. (laughs) The creepiest things that happen that aren't even, it's not even like creepy. It's like when things blow up when you don't expect it, like like physically blow up. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been blown up so many times on things where things just like go off and like pyro and things that are just like, really? And that's, that's to me, that's the scary things that happen because you know, it's like I did a movie, Jack Reacher. Yeah. First one. And I remember they were like, all right, we're going to blow this, this door handle off. Then the SWAT teams come in to get the, the, um, I forgot the character's name. Anyways, he was the guy that got set up. That was like, you know, the guy that was, they said was a sniper, but he wasn't the sniper, but the SWAT team was coming in and they're going to blow the lock. Simple shot, right? Oh, they're going to blow the lock. Okay. Where's that lock? Where's that door handle going to go? Uh, probably just you know, not not too far. Okay, I locked the camera down and I walked away from it. They blew that lock, and where my head was, where the eyepiece was, the camera, the door handle was stuck in the wall. Holy oh, shit! And it's like, it's those kind of things. That's the those are the things that creep me out. You know, and actually, you know, if you want to go creepy, creepy, you know, it's it's sometimes you go to these locations that are scary, like uh, like where we shot the Slayer stuff, the prison. Yes, yes. that's that's a haunted prison. Like it's a woman's, it's an old woman's prison that actually has a ghost in there, and you know. I have friends that have said they've heard screaming. They've, I've, I've had a buddy who said they saw uh, paint get scraped off the wall for, for nothing happening. Um, I've never seen anything like that in there, but I've had friends that have seen that kind of stuff. It's just an think? abandoned hospital. They rent out for it's shoots. A, it's a, an abandoned or, jail. Sorry, jail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, wow. I, and, and I've shot so many things there. That's all I knew about. Like, that was the location. I was like, oh, there's this jail. Let's, let's make this video about that. But it's, uh, I mean, it's there and everybody shoots there. Anything that you see in LA almost is always shot at that prison. Even like, yeah, um, and I didn't do Rob's last movie. I oh, Three from I Hell. I didn't do Three from Hell, but that all that jail stuff, that was all the same jail. Oh, oh my gosh. Know. Same one. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, yeah, it's cool to have that giant jail set to and, use. And everything works. All the doors work. You know, they have a, and it's actually, uh, they have a, they have a cop that actually, you know, he's there the, during the day when you shoot because it's right there where all these other cops, like another cop station is and, and he knows how to run all the doors and you have to just get him to help you out with those things and everything's electronic. It's pretty cool. Wow, that's giving me an idea. Like when our kids aren't behaving, especially that one. Take them to the jail? We the should abandoned rent it ghost out. Jail? Yeah, Be like, right. you know what? You gotta go to jail and we'll have that cop there. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we had thank on, you. On Hatchet 3, we had like alligators at night coming up the set. Oh, jeez. I, did, I didn't want to do what Adam did in the first Hatchets where, he, you know, the first one we shot here in California and just threw moss in the trees. 
And it just, you could never open the world up. It just was like, all right, we have this one little section over here. We have this little section over here. It looks like a swamp. And it's like, well, that kind of sucks. And then the second one, they just built on a soundstage. And all we did was walk in circles the whole time. And, it, and you can tell. And I wanted to, I wanted to go to the swamp. So that's my whole thing was like, I'm, you know, let's, let's make this. So it looks like a big movie. Right. Like, and it wasn't a big movie at all. It's like talking about the 15 day shoot. That's what hatchet three was. I mean, it was like brutal for what we had to pull off with like a rocket launcher and machine guns and all sorts of shit. And, uh, but anyways, at night, that's when all the alligators come out, you know, you think they'd be out during the day, sunning themselves and hanging out and getting warm, but no, at night, like that's when the alligators come out. So of course, we, when, we, you I, yeah. when you can't see them, you can't see them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you shine a light out in the water and you see just the eyes, you know, and that's the crazy shit, but they would start coming up towards crafty. Oh, no. oh my gosh. You know? Yeah, so. I read that Kane said it was one of the hardest movies he'd worked on because of the like the heat and mm. the humidity, and then he had all this like thirty pounds of silicone on. And uh-huh. didn't he go to the hospital or something? He got poisoned. He didn't. My wife did. <gasps> My wife basically oh, like no. we had a we had a producer that was putting bug spray in the tubes of death. That basically like, and for those who don't know what tubes of death are, tubes of death are the tubes that go around the set that you don't see in the background that actually are are, are the effects with the smoke coming out. Okay. Right. So that's what makes the fog creation in the background. And that's like, and that was my main thing. I was like, we got to have the fog. We got to have that whole look, yeah. you know, and and because and, I wanted, that was another thing I wanted to do with this franchise was like, make it look like a big movie. Well, they started spraying the bug spray and they're like, they try to keep the mosquitoes down and, and. I mean, my wife's like half her face melted and they had to go to the oh, hospital. It was oh, ridiculous. Shit. So it was like vaporizing the bug spray and everyone was just breathing yeah, it, it in. Breathe, everybody was breathing it in and it was just like, it was just a nightmare. Oh you know? my God. So she wow. went, Derek Mears had really bad bites all over him and it was not an easy shoot at all. It was very tough. Yeah, but, but in my opinion, and maybe it could be just my opinion, I think it looks the better out of them all. It looks it's, badass. Yeah, it I gotta amazing. tell you. It's yeah. the real swamp, right. you know, and you can actually shoot. There it is. Can't mistake that. That's not a back lot. I like the real, I like shooting, you know, in the real environments right. because it just looks better. About that, that opportunity to direct that, was, was that your very first feature length that you had the opportunity to direct? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it harder than you thought it would be or easier than you thought it would be? It was, well, it's just different from what I, you know, from like camera operating to directing, it's always a bit different. And I think the, it was hard for me to snap out of the camera operating, sure. like the framing of things and get more with the actors and kind of, and work with that. And that was a big learning experience for me, you know, and cause I, and I work with actors every day. So that part wasn't hard. I talked to actors. I'm very comfortable with the actors. So it's like, that's easy. But like, you know, to, you know, I had to get out of like, what's the frame? Yeah. You know, what, what are we doing? You know, which is also, yes, that's a part of directing, but like you should really leave that up to the director of photography and, and have conversations about how you want to look and let him do that job and let me focus more on the actors. It was very hard for me to break that. Like it was hard for me to like, let that go. And even like, cause I did all the steady cam cause we couldn't afford a steady cam operator. We didn't have a big budget. So, any of the steady cam work that was in that, I did it. And it sucked because when I'm doing that, I quit listening to the words of what the right. actors are doing and yeah. I'm just watching the frame. And don't don't lose your horizon. Don't, you know, walking through the swamp, don't lose your horizon. And then I had to go back and watch the scene and listen to the actors and see if they flubbed the line or anything like that, or like, you know, if that was exactly the emotion I was trying to go for. And then I'd be like, all right, let's go again. You know, and just and it would just takes more time that way, you know, because like if I'm just watching it and I can watch what their their, their performance, then okay moving on but if i'm if i'm doing the camera work and then i have to go back and watch it everybody's waiting 
And then, okay, we got to do it again. You know what I mean? It's like, and I have to keep doing that when I'm operating. And so I don't, I don't really like to operate when I'm directing. Right. I guess right. what I'm trying to say. Did I, did I go off the subject? <laughs> no, that was good. I that's totally good. Off the subject. <laughs> that's anyway. good. No, that's good. Yeah. The kill scenes in that movie are insane and the prosthetics are just amazing. Did you ever like want to give up and just be like, use CGI for something that just <laughs> was just so hard? Because I can imagine that was crazy to do. It was it was really tough because I didn't know what was going to happen half the time because like I said it was it was a small budget so and and we didn't I didn't really get to see like what we were going to do right. or see like how we were going to do certain things and so I would only see it when it showed up and I was like oh you know it was either like oh Christ is that going to work right you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. and it's 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 uh some of it did some of it I don't think worked like the whole like like when we blow up Victor Crowley at the end. I mean, I, I wish we could have done that in a different way, you know, and this is all like, God, we shot this in 2012, you know, and, and like, now thinking back on it, I can like just talk about these things. It's like, I wish we could have done it a different way, you know, and, and not had to do it the way we did. You know, it, we, the first time we blew up Victor Crowley's skeleton was awesome, except the charge was so big that the effects guys blew it up so big that like <laughs> everything left. went gray. Whoa. And we were like, pulverized. I mean, it obliterated it. Oh, and we were like, well, that's not going to work. I don't know. Where did it go? You know, like, like everything was gray. So we had to actually reshoot that, you know, and you know, the whole melting thing was such a hard thing to do. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's just like, uh, cause we had to do heat guns on a, on a totally fake, Victor Crowley and then we had to put you know it was all green screen behind him of the set that we already blew up physically in the swamp it was just kind of like oh you know when you look in hindsight you look back and you go I mean I don't know how else I would have done it and honestly like you have to do it VFX and uh I don't know it's just tough those things are tough and then until you actually see it come together you know you win some you lose some right right <laughs> how much how much of the magic of the the effect of practical effects as a com- as a camera operator are done you're, you know up to you basically as a camera operator to get it, it capture that in a certain way well that and when you do that it, it goes again with timing yeah. right? and time allotted on the set it's like sometimes you're going to get time to say all right this is what we need the camera and then at this moment you have to go like this and that's where it's going to go and when you have the time to work it out that's awesome that's great sometimes it's like you got one take <laughs> and the pressure's like oh shit here we go i hope <laughs> right. i get this yeah. you know and, I'm, and yeah. of course that's me inside going oh god i hope i get this but of course on my outside i'm like oh yeah no problem let's do it i'll, I'll get this <laughs> fingers crossed start to sweat oh shit you know but usually like under pressure you can you actually most of the time get it there's been times where you don't get it but everybody's human and and we all make mistakes right. you know so it's a it's 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 a gamble yeah. <laughs> one film that you're involved in and i don't you have to clarify just how much you're involved in it but it's not talked about very often we were talking about it the other day is um pronouncing this guy's name it's timur bombatov's timur abraham lincoln vampire Hunter. i was the a camera operator the whole shoot. Oh, such nice. a fucking oh, great movie, movie. such a crazy movie to work really <laughs> what like what can you say about that one that one was, it was fun. It, 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 so, so I got hired by Caleb Deschanel and, and he's a buddy of mine. He's a director of photography. He shot the Patriot and the right stuff and the black stallion. This guy oh, yeah. did Lion King. He just did that. I did Jack Reacher with him. He's amazing. The guy's like one of, if not the best directors of photography of our time. 
Well, he calls me like I, we did this movie called Killer Joe with Billy Friedkin. Oh, that was and, yeah. Uh, and that's when I first met Caleb. This is Caleb's also, I believe, Caleb's first digital camera movie, like his first experience having. To, this is like when everything was switching from film to digital. So, yeah. you know, that's this was my like my my start with learning, like like meeting Caleb and like being like, okay, I got to make sure he sees I'm a good operator. You know, and that was a blast. I actually ended up having a great time. It was fun. Well, and Caleb's known for like these very serious movies for the most part. And Killer Joe is like pretty gnarly. And if you haven't oh, seen dude, it, it's dude. pretty brutal. Fried chicken will never be the same. I shot that. And that's yeah. Jesus. That's, that's, that was <laughs> that was a whole day of that. My wife actually was the one dressing Gina up. But, oh, no. Yeah, because she was on that also. <laughs> and uh, anyways. So Caleb calls me. I got this movie, BJ. It's called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I was like, oh, all right. Which was like a very well-received book. Yeah. And so I got the script and the script was phenomenal. It was great. And then, you know, we it, we shot that, I believe it's like five months in New Orleans shooting this movie. Wow. And uh, we had a lot of time to do stuff, but there was a lot of changes made on the fly on that, which I think kind of kind of messed up some stuff on the movie. And Caleb shot the movie to look like The Patriot. Like it looked like the yeah. Patriot and then it got recolored. Oh, interesting. That was, did not make Caleb very happy because the movie actually looked exactly like the Patriot. And when I kind of like, when we saw it in theaters, it's kind of like, kind of looks like attack of the clones. Now what happened? <laughs> you know, like it was like very CG ish yeah. kind of like the colors just weren't right on that. I don't know what happened there. I know Caleb was not happy about that huh, because wow. what he shot was, it was beautiful. Like the way that that came out. Um, wow, I wish I could oh, see another coming because yeah. I love the way, I still love the way it looks. I was yeah. watching a bit of it the other day. I have know, photos oh, that, so that I can show you. I have I have pictures of like like screenshots of what it actually looked like. Like huh. like when we were setting things up, I have a couple of those. Oh, nice. And like the the fight scenes and things are brilliantly choreographed. Yeah. It's so fun. There's yeah. vampires everywhere. They look great. Yeah. Cool props. Oh, the props. Dude's got oh. that axe thing. Oh, and yeah. Those guys were awesome. And actually, Don Lee, uh, one of the stunt guys on that, I met him on that. And he's the one that coordinated all the Slayer stuff, which is oh yeah, yeah he like so, John Wick yeah, style yeah, fucking that's, craziness. That's where, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of them we were definitely that was our inspiration, was yeah, something like that. But he was on that. That's where I met him, and they're and they're the guys behind all the axe work. And the axe work and the fighting stuff was really awesome. It was very cool, yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, it was crazy. That, that was a, that was a crazy movie to work on. It was. Uh, I remember though, I was so tired and so hot and sweaty. Of that whole shoot. I remember we shot probably, it felt like 17, 18 hours the last day. And I remember getting off work, getting my bags, and flying home. Huh. <laughs> Just like, I'm out of here. Yeah. I got to get out of New Orleans. I'm dying. It was so hot. Yeah. Do you ever geek out? At times, or have the opportunity to, or is that just like, uh, you know, working with Billy Friedkin, for instance, do you ever ask about The Exorcist, or is it like... Oh, we went that? to dinners all the time with Billy. Like, yeah? it was me, Caleb, uh, Tommy Teach, the first AC, my wife, we would go to dinner with, with, with Billy. And, wow. and of course, we would talk about things, and I always would bring up The Exorcist, so he would talk about that stuff, and he loved talking about it, obviously. Really? Like, oh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> and he was talking about how they would, they would you know, like, because they built a set in a freezer, and uh, yeah. they would freeze the set at night, like like have the whole set cold, and they would come in and rehearse without lights on because they found out that when you turn all the lights on to do the scene, it heats up the room and you lose the breath that yeah. you would oh. see in the movie. So they would actually rehearse almost in the dark or with like flashlights, <laughs> and then they would do the scene, and and they would hurry to do the whole scene. Because the room was starting to already heat up because the lights back then um, compared to the lights nowadays, right. the lights are mostly LED now. But like back then, the lights like once you turn those suckers on, it's like 
Oh, I remember wow. people like like my jacket catching on fire and some of those lights like you got too close it would ignite you. Yeah. Oh, and wow. so that's that was those were the kind of stories that Billy would talk about and it was a lot of fun. Plus he he thought my wife was gorgeous so he was always you know <laughs> hitting on I'm your like, wife. Oh, <laughs> he he kind of was and I was always like go ahead and ask him some more questions. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did the collaboration with Slayer transpire? I met with Gerard over at Nuclear Blast Records and they were looking for horror directors. I went in there and I didn't have any pitch. I had nothing. I just walked in and and, because I love Slayer and I just said, look, man, like, here's the deal. You know, we don't have MTV anymore. We don't have anything that's really censoring videos. And I said, and and, and granted, you know, the season of the best video with Slayer with like where they have the the pyramids in the background in Egypt Mm -hmm. is awesome. Can't take that away. That video fucking rules. It's a great song. It's awesome. (laughs) And then so I was like, look, we have YouTube. We have these other places. We can actually make a Slayer video be a Slayer video. Let's let's really make sl- a Slayer video. And Gerard was like, all right, well, let me know what you think. I was like, well, let me go home and write some pitches. So I went home and wrote two pitches. And, and one was this insane. It would have cost a shit ton of money, but it was like this like post-apocalyptic biker cannibal like thing <laughs> that was like so gnarly, but it would have been so expensive to make. And then the other one was the repentless prison riot, which basically like, you know, with the repentless, it's like, you know, don't, don't ever, you don't have to repent for things you did. You don't have to be sorry for it, which I felt like, okay, we're going to make this character that basically starts a prison riot that gets, because he has to get to another ward in in the jail to get what he wants, which was Derek Mears's head. It was a very simple concept. It was like, you know, and then, and he just goes back to his cell and that was that. And so, you know, the guys read both and they, and Carrie loved both of them, you know, and then, uh, but they, we settled on doing the, on the prison riot one. And that's kind of how it all came out. And that was only going to be that one video. That was it, you know? And that was like, we had, and, and, and that was a rush job too. Cause it, it the album dropped on nine 11. I forgot when we shot that, but it was like, we shot it. And then it, I, I basically gave it to my editor. And then, uh, I was there for a little bit told, like we cut together like the story part. And then we had the band performance part. So I, I had it, t- I had it uh, cut. So it was from beginning to end. So he could have that and then input all the band stuff. And uh, then I had to take off to go to Neighbors 2. So then he and I were... were A great movie, by the way. We love Neighbors 2. So good. good. It's so crazy. But but I was in Atlanta doing that one. So we were were going back and forth online, like, you know, to to approve the, the cuts. Finally, we came out with what it was. And when it hit, people fucking lost their minds over that video. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of that one. I thought for a simple concept, and it was so much fun to make and we had like the right people involved, you know, and it was, it was killer. So then they liked it so much that Gerardo at nuclear blast, who is like, he's the reason why I got the videos. He's the best. He's like, let's do a prequel and a sequel to the story. So then I had to take the prison story and I had to come up with basically a whole storyline to this whole thing. And I think I was super pissed off at the political uh, climate of what's going on nowadays that I actually started writing more along the lines of like that kind of scenario, which is like, you know, all right shit. Right. So, yeah, so that, that's basically how it all kind of came about. So then I wanted to make, we made this riot video and then I wanted to go, all right, well, look, we're not, th- these things have no dialogue or anything like that. It's all expression and, and kind of visual what you see it telling the story. So let's, let's make this first video very John wick. Like we talked about, yeah, like, yeah. let's make it very action. <clears throat> let's make an action one this time. You know, that's still super violent, still has the blood and the gore that we had, you know, keeping the blood and gore was very essential for the Slayer videos. And then the third one I wanted to make more of like the uh, like more of a I guess it's dramatic. Maybe it's not dramatic. Dramatic is probably the wrong word, but I wanted it more of like a more of like a 
kind of like a thriller kind of like more dr- drama based at the end you know which is like it's not a lot of violence in it but you see what he's doing he's basically you know the bill mosley's character was the dad basically of Derek mears who got killed so he orders these cops to bring wyatt which is jason trust's character right and to show his loyalty because at the end of that video you find out that jason used to be a piece of shit yeah. and so he's like all right well look kill danny trejo you know if you want to show your loyalty to us kill kill him and he decides he's not going to do it and instead they oh surprise surprise we have your uh, girlfriend who's pregnant and then that shit goes down yeah. so it just got really brutal and and uh yeah that's kind of how it all came about really and that was it and then the guys were just fantastic it was well received and and uh, I was very proud of those things. So are, are Tom and Carrie, as producers of this as well with you, are they huge horror fans? Like you'd think, C- you'd Carrie assume is. they would be, but... Tom, I don't know if he's a huge horror fan, but I, Carrie's a big horror fan. Really? Carrie, yeah, Carrie is. He loves horror films. I mean, he was... He was super pumped that actually we stabbed the pregnant girl. Like, <laughs> he sent me a text. Was a brutal scene. It was gnarly. Yeah. He, he sent me a text. He goes, my favorite part is like, like you did this? And I was like, kill her. Kill her. And you did. <laughs> I was like, yep, we did. I yeah, read we- that in some countries, they wouldn't show it till after 10 p.m. <laughs> Yeah. Were, were you like, fuck yeah, I've done it? <laughs> well, whenever, you know, honestly, controversy is actually always good. Yeah. In my yes. opinion, when you're going to, when you're going to do something and you can get it, you can create a little controversy. It's, it's always like people are going to talk about it. You want something people are going to talk about, especially in a horror film and right? the horror films. Yeah. yeah. You want people to go, go back and go, oh man, I love that. The way you did this and that. And actually, you know, the, this Killogy thing. The narrative part of it that actually came out, this was never supposed to be a movie. Never. Like it never was like we had these things and then me and Gerardo talked about it and we were we basically wrote this whole part uh, and it was supposed to just be like clips of Wyatt killing all these different Nazis to get to this guy Luther. But it was all about introducing a new character, which is Jessica Pimentel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's at the very end of this thing, because this was actually going to be a Blu-ray thing that was going to be sold at the shows that was going to segue to the next Slayer album. Oh, interesting. So you didn't know this was going to be the last album. We didn't know. Wow. So we shot all this stuff and and we were going to do this little little teeny narrative. And, and actually, it was probably I don't know. What, I don't remember what we were going to do with it. I think it was just going to come out online or something that was like that was going to segue to like introduce like, OK, Jason, Jason's character got what he needed to do. And you know, now he's teamed up with Jessica Pimentel's character and Danny Trejo. And it was going to go into segue a whole new music video series for the next Slayer album. Well, cut to me and Ed Marks, the editor editing. Oh, (laughs) and all of a sudden this thing comes online saying the final show Slayer's calling it quits. Yeah. And we were like, Oh shit. (laughs) So that's a, that's the reason why the, the, the Kilogy is a cliffhanger ending. Huh? Like they're they're, they're, that because it was supposed to go to a next thing and, uh, and it never will. Have you thought about a way maybe bringing another band in and <laughs> having it having think, it continue? Oh my god, I think that'd just be like <laughs> killing myself if I did that. No, you know, I mean that that whole storyline is Slayers and like and like if there was ever anything to do with it, they, the guys would have to be involved with that. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I would love to finish the story; it would be great, you know. But but that was just such a bummer, like when that happened because we had already shot everything and we were like editing, and then boom, there you go. It's gonna be like a reunion someday, or <laughs> or benefit show. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll see if we can actually make a, a final part. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick it up right there. <laughs> right. We'll just, you know, well, who knows? We'll all be super old by then and be like, <laughs> right. you know, Jason's character is going to be in a, in a fucking, you know, little rascal or something. Well, one of my favorite uh, scenes from that is the Christmas dinner scene. 
Oh, yeah. Where uh, Danny Trejo uh, confronts uh, mm-hmm. Bill Mosley. Yeah. I was thinking, man, this is like an alternate universe, like, outtake from Three from Hell. Oh, right, yeah. Rondo comes back for revenge. Yeah, right, Rondo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, Carolyn Williams is Bill's wife. Yes, that's yep. right. Takes a chainsaw. Right. Yeah. Right? That's, that's amazing. Right. No, that, was cool. ch- that was cool having those two back together. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you have, and you had two Michael Myers. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, no. We had, well, and, they, and they both pop out of a cell. At, at, <laughs> right. oh, no, not the two Michael Myers. What am I thinking? We have Jason Jason's. and and and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Michael, Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have yeah. Uh, Tyler, Tyler. Mayne and then Derek Mears. They both come out of these cells. And, of course, Tyler... No one would ever have lifting That's weights right. in their cell, but we, we we had this this fake weight, and so we were like, oh, "Just throw it at the cop! Like that would be awesome! Like you know, take the cop down." <laughs> yeah. And then the guy actually, and I can't remember his name, but it's funny because if you watch the videos, the guy that played Shook Knight in the in the NWA movie is in these videos. Oh no way! And you barely see him. Huh? You barely see him, but we didn't even know it was him, and the movie hadn't come out yet. He just showed up as one of the background guys. Wow! If I would have known, we would have gave him a little bit more sure. screen time. Yeah. But it was like, wait a minute, that's Shug Knight. That's hilarious. Knight. It was, it was such a weird oh, thing. Yeah. So weird. So you got horror royalty on this. Yes. Like, how did that come to be? Was it easy? It was never supposed to be that. Like, you know, we never went. Let's get all the horror people together. Yeah. You know, let's get everybody. You know, let's get all this. Let's get the who's who of yeah. horror. And it never was. It was basically like, okay, shit. Who have I worked with? All right, let's call them up. Let's get them in here. You know, it's like, like because again, we go back to budgets. We didn't have a lot of budget. Yeah, hardly any budget. So we're just like, let's call all our friends. Let's let's get people in here to to do this stuff. So it's like Derek. Tyler, they came in there, you know, and, and it was just like, hey, we're doing a Slayer video. Yeah, yeah, Fuck we'll come yeah. down. Ty- yeah. Tyler's a Slayer fan, you yeah. Know, so he was all he was pumped about it. Uh, Trejo, we, you know, I worked with him so many times, but we had to basically be like, you know, we had to kind of coax him into that one, and uh, <laughs> but he actually ended up loving it, and it was great. Yorma Tacone from the Long uh, Lonely Island, mm-hmm. he's in the he's in the first one. He's the guy that gets the knife in his in his junk and oh, in his wow. mouth. Wow. If you I, look, even, yeah. like, <laughs> I was doing that movie Pop Star. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "If you ever do another Slayer video, I want to die in it." I was like, "All right." <laughs> All and then that's whenever these came up, and I called Yorma. I was like, "We're doing another one." He's like, "I'll be there." Sure enough, he showed up, and we gave him like one of the worst deaths ever. That's a, amazing. I, him, I like, didn't even gonna, recognize him. Yeah, he, that's him. And and like you, and it's so fast. And I told him it's gonna be super fast. It's gonna be so fast, like I and, and you're gonna drive out to Palmdale where we're shooting. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a champ. That guy's awesome. Oh, you also had the original Michael Myers. Uh, was it Tony? Oh, Tony Moran. Yeah, Tony yeah, Moran, Tony yeah. Moran was in that also. That's right. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I totally forgot about Tony. Yeah, he gets his neck cut up in there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the first time you heard Slayer? First time I heard Slayer was actually sadly enough in high school, and they'd already been around for quite a bit. But uh, my whole thing when I was like in middle school. I was an anthrax guy. I was such yeah. an oh, anthrax yeah. guy. I was like, I fucking love this shit. You know, I'm the man and, you know, all that, like, all among the living. It's, it was awesome. And then the, my buddy in my homeroom class, he kept singing Angel of Death and he would do this thing with his tongue, like the guitar. He'd be like, blah, 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 like doing like, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> it's like a slayer, man. <laughs> so we ended up like surfing a bunch together and he would, you know, bring, I want to say CD or cassette tape. I forgot what it was back, back then. Yeah. And that's when I first heard him. And from then on, I was just like, these fucking guys are awesome. You know, and these guys rule. So that was it. And basically like right in the beginning of my ninth grade, you know, high school right there i want to get into a little bit of the prosthetic and makeup effects in this because it, mm-hmm. it's fucking out of control <laughs> yeah. and anyone listening who has not seen this or who doesn't believe or thinks it's like a concert film no 
It's like the ultimate horror film that you missed, Dude, probably. It? Like, it's like blood and guts everywhere. It's, it's called insane. The Killogy. Right, right. Exactly. Like, like heads being decapitated, yeah. stomped on, oh, yeah. like organs being ripped out of yeah. bodies. Like, yeah, it's, ins- yeah, it's insane. Yeah. So, like, talk about who who's behind all that. So, I worked with Tony Gardner and Alterian and uh, a bunch on a bunch of other movies, and I got to know Tony really well. And um, and my wife worked with Tony a lot. And so, basically, I I asked her, I was like, you know, I want you know some of the other things I did was like I just want somebody to come in and, like kicks ass and and uh, she's like, let's let's talk to Tony. So I called Tony up, told him what was going on, and he's like, yeah, come by the shop. You know, we'll we'll pick out some stuff. You know, again, it was one of those things. And I hate to keep going back to budget, but it's like I went to his shop and he said, let's look around. If you see something you want to use, let's do it. Oh, he's man, like, I, I got fun. Yeah. And so I got to walk around and we picked out like all these things, like, you know, certain things that are so fast. You wouldn't even tell we're like a, like a dummy, you know, like a guy's head getting slammed into the bars. That was like a totally fake body. <laughs> and uh, and Tony and Tony's in the video. He's actually the guy that gets his hand. If for people have seen it, Tony Gardner, the mega artist, he's the guy that gets his hand crushed through the bars. And okay, yeah. Scream. yeah, that's Tony. And uh, but he he had this hand that actually had the. Uh, I think we used it on this movie called Freaks of Nature, and it's this this prosthetic hand that the bone breaks, and it had and the fingers would move because it had all the little pulley system in it. So we just, I mean, it was everything that Tony had in his shop that we just kind of <laughs> stole, and we're like, all right, well, what can we use in this? Okay, you know, and like, let's get this and. You know, the blood and all this other shit. And then, like, the the head, me and my wife went dapper cadaver and just found a head that was bald that looks like Derek Mears. And <laughs> we bought that and covered it in blood. You can't tell. No. It looks like Derek's yeah. head. So and, awesome. And uh, we yeah. just, yeah, we just kind of cheaply did that shit. Like, we had to go out and do that. And I mean, and then, then the other videos came out and it was the same thing. We, you know, we, but a little more planned out this time. Tony came out. And the, and the very, the, the corpse at the beginning I looked at all these, I look at horrible shit when I'm writing pitches, like terrible, like real life crap. And I found this horrible photo of a, of a Mexican cartel member guy that got killed. I think I've seen that. It's, it's, and he had all these knives in him. Uh, and that, oh, and that was that. And this is real. This picture was so fucked up. And I actually put it in my pitch when I gave it to the guys. Yeah. And, uh, that's and like that, at the body, at the beginning of the yeah. video, the right? Of yeah. The, yeah. Of the, yeah. um, you against you video. And so I showed that to Tony and Tony's like, Oh yeah, I'll get to working on that. And so he's like, but you got to supply the knives. So I had to go, <laughs> me and my wife drove around to like all these Goodwills and all these places and just bought <laughs> as many knives as we could. And then we took him out to Tony and Tony had the whole thing built and ready to go. Like when, by the time we had to do the shoot and he had every, all the knives were numbered that went to certain holes. It was like, wow, he really did a really good job. With that. So that was a prosthetic, just a prosthetic that body, was a totally fake body. Wow. Actually, that, I think that body, I want to say that body is actually in the Repentless video of, it's like the real quick shot of this face getting smashed into bars. I think, yeah. I think that's the same body <laughs> and we just reused it and put a different hair wig on it and, and then, you know, threw some intestines and all that shit. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It's like a prosthetic effect playground watching this thing. Yeah. <laughs> we nonstop. But that was all, that was, like I said, that was all Tony and, and just getting stuff out of his shop that we could use. And, uh, that's crazy wow. yeah and, and it, it just looks so effective it's yeah. super effective when people see that it's like whoa oh shit you know the way we start <laughs> yeah. off on the knives and yeah. that was all steady cam we just like pulled back real slow you know and just and i wanted to make a lot of scenes in this stuff very uncomfortable i yeah. wanted to like linger yeah. for a while on certain things even in the killogy stuff 
you know, a guy gets hit by a car in the narrative and then you, you hear the engine of the car and it just sits there in this empty frame and then the guy screams, you yeah. know, and then Jason just slowly walks to him, you know, with the axe in the background while this guy's walking towards camera, you know, just just lingering a little too long, a little too uncomfortable. Right. Or that we have to Jason when he reaches into the guy's stomach to pull mm-hmm. out his, uh, I don't know what he pulls out, <laughs> spinal cord or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it takes it's forever. Insane. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, what's just pull it out, dude. I can't watch oh, yeah. this anymore. <laughs> yep. But I mean, that, that's it. It was all stuff that we that Tony had. Yeah. That. You know, like, look, if you have a good big budget and you know what you're going to do and you can like make the molds and create the makeup and do all that stuff, which one day I would love to have that budget. That would be amazing. But if not, and you got good effects friends that have shit just laying around their shop. Well, you got to be creative. But I love that chaos, do. though. Like, I think it probably <laughs> it works out for the better that you just did that. because yeah. so chaotic and fucking crazy. Well, the, the one thing in the, in, that he did build for me that was like. You know, there's this part in that's not in the music videos. It's in the thing that was not supposed to be right. Is is it, and I use and my truck is actually the truck that has the winch on it. And there's a winch sequence, and we we basically hit the button. And the winch tightens up against oh, the tree. Yeah. And the guy's head pops <laughs> off. Yeah. Well, they, well, Tony built the, the the dummy on his platform with the pull cord that actually would shoot the head up, blood would <laughs> oh, squirt shit. out, and then the body would just fall. Yeah. And so he actually created that for that video, wow. which was like. Pretty awesome that he, yeah. that he came with that. I was like, how are we going to do this? Like, how the fuck are we going <laughs> to pop this guy's head off with the car winch? Because I've never seen anyone do that before in a movie. And I just got my winch put on my truck. And I was like, well, we got let's let's kill somebody with a winch. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. And and he figured it out. And oh, for wow. anyone who doesn't know, like Tony's worked on, you know, Return of the Living Dead, some of the Evil Dead films. The Blob. The Blob. The Blob, yeah. the blob the was craft was, even. He yeah. did the craft. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Aliens too. I yeah, he, he did. He, he, he was, did a bunch of the stuff over at uh, Winston's. That's right. He was wow, part of that crew. He's done everything. And he's just really talented he's phenomenal he's he's killer and he's just a cool dude was the one video shot in we were talking about this today the universal backlot at the war of the worlds plane crash site no that was actually um so we shot that out it's like i want it's either palmdale or lancaster there's an actual airplane graveyard out there what really yeah there's sr-71 out there uh i think so yeah display yeah yeah Yeah, there's there's i mean it is like there's a shit everywhere And so I, I wanted to go and I wanted to put them in different weird scenarios because we already did the jail thing. Yeah. And so I was like, well, you know, what have I not seen in the video in any videos? And, and, and then me and, and the DP, Eric, were like, well, we got to get them in the snow. Like we <laughs> yeah. like we got to get Slayer in the snow. We got to make this look like the Revenant, like our version of the Revenant, <laughs> right, right. which that was, was chaotic. Well, it was we almost didn't make that day. Really? It was gnarly. We almost lost all of Slayer's gear. What the? Oh, shit. Because the truck coming up the hill started sliding. Like, no. Yeah. Oh. Where was that? This was actually on the side of the road in Wrightwood, California. Like going up, going up to Mount High. Yeah, yeah. we were 18, right next. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were right next to Mount High, <laughs> and we really and truly were sitting on the side of the road. And the people, like all these snowboarders, were driving by. They're yelling, "Slayer!" Because <laughs> <laughs> they have there's blood stains on the snow in front of their guitar amps and stuff. It looked well, badass. Well, that was actually that's a funny story too because I t- I had this guy. I, just, I said I want to build these upside down char broiled crosses <laughs> with barbed wire wrapped around them, and I want to I want to put them upside down in the snow, but where the crosses are piercing the snow i want blood coming out of the ground from those places Holy so we, shit. I, I wanted these three big crosses and i kept saying hey can i see the crosses oh i'm still building them I'm still building them okay another week goes by can i see the cross like what have you done you're gonna love it you're gonna love it <laughs> well that guy didn't 
he also had our camera from Panavision. And so we all drove the, to Wrightwood. And then there was a there was an accident that happened that like somebody died. So it blocked all this shit up. And oh, I, me and, and a couple of people that got up there had just missed that. Everybody else got stuck in that. And then he got stuck in that. So come, I don't know, like one o'clock or something in the afternoon after we were there at 7 a.m., he finally gets there. Well, these crosses show up and with our camera, we had a techno crane out in the snow. We had all this shit set up. We, like the crane guys even made it up there. It was crazy. And then the, wow. then the, the, the instruments got there. Uh, the, the Slayer's crew came up and they, they brought the instruments. So we set the instruments up, had the crane ready where we we're going to use it because we knew we have to shoot quick. And then, uh, and then he finally shows up at like one o'clock in the afternoon. And when you're in the mountains, you lose, you lose the sun around four because it, yeah. the sun goes behind and it sucks. You know, so Anyway, that's an even more story. The crosses show up and they're these brand spanking new <laughs> crosses that look like they could go on some Baptist church. Like, <laughs> it's like Spinal Tap, right? When Stonehenge like shows little, up. Little, little Stonehenge, <laughs> yeah. But it was like these fucking crosses that look like brand spanking new yeah. church thing. I go, what the fuck is that? <laughs> well, the cross is like, well, there's, they're not burnt up and they were huge. They were like 12 feet tall. They were huge. And he had them on top of his car. <laughs> and uh, they were supposed oh, to be burnt up and supposed to have barbed wire. And I go, okay, so how are we going to bury the, how are we going to put those in the snow? He goes, well, we're just going to dig a hole. I go, the ground's frozen, bro. <laughs> yeah. Go be my guest. Give, give it a try. <laughs> right. So we watched him flail for about 45 minutes. Yeah. And we were finally oh, like, no. get out of there, dude, we're losing the sun. And then and, and we got to shoot this video. And so I took the blood that was supposed to be from the crosses I'm going back to where you started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, me and my wife, we 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 brought these Hudson sprayers up here. I mean, like full of like we fake blood. And so me and the DP actually like fuck it, let's go around all the let's go around all the amps and shit, and let's just like spray the snow with blood. Yeah, let's spray it down, and that's what we did. We just took the blood that was supposed to come from the crosses, but we just came had it come out of their amps. That's cool. And that's and we weren't gonna let we we had to have some blood in the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks cooler than blood in snow. It it, it looks (laughs) awesome. Yeah. It is really cool. Yeah. But that's also going back to like figuring shit out. Like when, when you, when you have to, you know, you have to yeah. like make things work. You know, you, you don't give it up just right. because like, oh, well the crosses didn't work. Well, we're not going to use the blood. Fuck it. No, we're going to use the blood. And speaking of the Reverend, you shot that with the just available light also, right? The, the Slayer video. Yeah. yeah, it was all available light. I mean, that's, we couldn't get anything else up there. We couldn't get a Jenny. We could barely, you know, power the crane. You know, the crane had its own self power and own battery. So, you know, and it was a techno crane and that's like, it needs power because it goes in and out and up and down. And it's a really cool crane. Those are friends of mine too. Another thing where I called in favors can guys that I know that have the techno crane over at, at crane shot. And uh, those guys are super cool. So they're like, yeah, fuck yeah. We'll come out and do that. So a lot of favors. <laughs> yeah. That's why the videos look as cool as they do oh, because man, yeah. For the budget that we had, you usually don't get that kind of production value. And I just wanted to make it look like a movie. I wanted I wanted each video to look like a fucking movie and not shoot in a fucking warehouse. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you you've know, avoided any of the music video oh, pitfalls, right? I don't. Yeah. I, I, that's the one thing I never want to do. I never, I never want to, you know, because oh, I've seen, oh, it's another warehouse. Right. That was cool how, like, at the penitentiary... They're literally playing in the midst of the riot that's yeah. caused in the first yeah. part of the the video or the movie, yeah. right? And it's yeah. just it just looks natural. Yeah, it just becomes <laughs> one giant mosh pit. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, it's after awesome. They take the cops down. It's like just one big mosh pit. Yeah, it was so much fun. I yeah. swear, I saw the forum there, the LA forum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we yeah we, we shot the forum too. We shot yeah. in the crowd with Jessica, and that was hard because when the band was playing, and it, we just went out there with the camera with her, and also oh, the guy that played Luther, and. uh 
it's just the fans like you're trying to get a shot where no one's looking at the camera or you're running in front of the lens going Slayer yeah you know and just you had to pick and choose each little moment right there and there were a lot of them that we had because most of the time people were turning to the camera because they saw us in the crowd was it uh, was it an actual Slayer concert or did you we stage it in oh, the yeah. concert oh wow yeah yeah, right during the concert. There's the only stage part is they did a sound check thing and we and, and they had like a bunch of people that came to see them like kind of do a sound check. They yeah. pay extra money for that. And the only time we were on the stage when that wasn't happening is when we we're actually over the band looking to the crowd and you see like, you know, Carrie's arm looking down. But but when we're in the crowd, we're in the crowd and we were in the whole thing. And it was just like it was just crazy. Oh, in there. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then they ended up Dark Horse Comics actually made a comic book adaption of the, of the story of that the story I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Does it follow it? Like I haven't read the comics. Does it follow it? Like or elaborate on it perhaps? Not to the continuation that we did. Okay. Um, it's a whole different entity of that, which is still is, it still elaborates. Like it, it goes into more detail, like a, a whole different storyline. Okay. Based on the repentless stuff and things that we did, but it's actually, you know, seeing what happened with just the one video how it blossomed into this whole thing was just so fucking crazy to me, you know, that, 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 that happened. And it's like, I'm, I, again, I'm going back. It's luck. Yeah. I got lucky. Unbelievable. So November 30th, they played their very, very last show mm-hmm. at the forum. Yep. Yeah. I was there. You were there. Yep. It was, uh, wow. it was, it was kind of crazy to see that, you know, yeah. and, and just, you know, just to be a part of all this was just kind of like, you know, I feel like the one of the luckiest guys in the world to actually be a part of Slayer's history. You yeah, know? And, and the grand finale. Yeah, yeah, and bring in all the people that that I know. Um, I felt like we all got lucky to like be a part of this, like the crew, the actors, and the band, because everybody collaborated so well together that it just was a uh, it was just bittersweet. I mean, yeah. I can't can't complain about that. Like I'm, you know, that's like the little kid in me just screams like, "Fuck yeah, man, yeah. we did it." <laughs> You know, driving home after we shot the repentless video was one of the best moments of my life. Like after we shot the band and I just remember being in my car, being stuck on the tin. Yeah. Like usually you get mad, but I, you couldn't have wiped the smile off my face. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's just like, this was fucking awesome. This is what I always wanted. Like this, this was something I could, I could never do anything again and probably be happy, you know, in all honesty, like I've, I'm, I'm blessed with that, you know, and, and I count my blessings every day that I have a job. (laughs) <laughs> Lee, what were you gonna say i'm sorry i talked over you no no, no I, I was just uh curious if how involved were the band with, with, the, with the production of all this the band was just like they would show up you know huh. like like i basically would write the pitch we'd send it in they'd approve it and then we said this is the date we guys we need you you know and so they were there and they were always super super happy to do it like they they didn't complain even the snow, which was, it was freezing. Oh, yeah, it was man. freezing cold. And uh, I mean, we were up there and it was, it had just snowed the day before there was no snow. And, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. There was like me and the DP were like, oh shit. And and when you have like a band like Slayer, the time, time is important. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, oh shit, there's no snow up here. This is, it's, I mean, it was just bare woods, like a couple little patches here and there. And I was like, well, I guess we're just going to make it work. And sure enough, that night, this huge storm hit. And we got so lucky that that happened. 
And I remember just getting up there. It was like, oh, it's, just, it's just stressful shit. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, right. Oh, my God. Like, right. It's probably hell going through it. But at the end, like you said, you're just like, fucking yeah. When you're made done. Made work. Yeah. The weight on your shoulders. Yeah. Is, it, it just, it's so it's such a relief. <laughs> it's when like euphoria. Just, when you're driving home, you're like, oh, my God. It actually snowed last night. I can't believe you lucked out because the whole thing was based on the snow. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, it's just, it's so crazy. How things work out, though. I want to hear about your Twilight story. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, all right. So, for the listeners, we were walking around the house, and you guys have a lot of Twilight stuff here. Yeah. I didn't work on Twilight, but I was working on, on that TV show, Heroes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also filming in Vancouver, was it? or No, no that so, was the so reason. right? Uh, some of it was, but it was shot, like, um, in Sunset Gower area, down okay. there. But I mean, it was all over the place. But I was on there. I was just the Steadicam operator on that, which was like the best job in the world because I didn't have to be on set uh, 12 hours a day. Sometimes I was, but sometimes I'd, be, I'd get there like seven in the morning and they'd be like, all right, we got this one Steadicam shot. Okay. I'd do the shot and they're like, are you wrapped? And that's a full day's pay. You get 10 hour guarantee and Whoa, you get your rental. That's awesome. So, I like, want that job. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, I was there at seven. I'm going home at like 845 and uh, I'm going surfing. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it worked out. Anyways. So I keep seeing this sign Twilight. All right. All around L.A. I have no idea what Twilight is. Just isn't something I was ever a part of. And everyone's like, I remember I've told people, like, how the hell do you not know what Twilight is? These book series. I'm like, all I saw was this thing that said Twilight and a vampire. And I was like, it's a vampire movie. I gotta go see this. It's gonna be fucking cool. I like vampire movies. So me and my wife go to, I think we're in Santa Monica. I can't remember what we were going to the theater. And who was there? It was Hayden Panetier, uh that played the cheerleader and Milo, who was both the actors in the, in the TV show. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, what are you guys going to see? And they're like, we're going to see Twilight. We're like, we are too. And they're like, well, come sit with us. We're like, all right. So we go in the theater, right? And Hayden was a big fan of Twilight. Well, the movie starts and me and Adrian finally start, and my wife, we, we start like watching this movie and we start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I kept looking over and Hayden would be like, she'd be looking over at us all like, what? Like pissed. <laughs> and, then, and then we see another part and, and, and we start laughing. She's like, guys, guys. We're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, it got so ridiculous. Like, and I'm sorry for if I'm offending any Twilight no, fans no, no, here. No, no, I get it. <laughs> when he finally goes, I'm going to take you up and show you what I look like in the sun. I was like, oh, dude, we're going to finally see like the vampire. <laughs> we're going to see this vampire. It's going to be awesome. This evil, sinister beast. Dude. Yeah. I was like, this is it. This is the moment I'm waiting for. At least this is going to redeem the movie. <laughs> Homie turns around and he's sparkling. <laughs> Me and my wife lose our shit. We start laughing so hard. And Hayden's like, guys, this is serious. This is so serious. Stop laughing. She was like so bummed out about it. And we couldn't stop. And I'm listening to her thinking to myself, I'm like, why would this guy be super bummed if he's like diamonds and sparkling? If you sparkled in sunlight, you'd be showing that shit off daily. You'd be like at the beach. Like, check me out. I'm sparkling. You know? And it's just like, I remember that was just such a thing oh and like she was God. so bummed that oh we totally God. ruined her twilight movie going experience <laughs> and then then we like a couple weeks later i'm totally going off the twilight subject now but then we took <laughs> we told hayden and milo we we're like hey we're gonna go see guar let's oh, uh yeah. so you guys want to go we're like what's guar we're like oh it's a oh, cool yeah, concert you get blood you guys should come <laughs> 
So they come to Guar. They do. Oh man! And I'm telling you, man. I swear oh. to God that I I swear <laughs> that they knew that they were there because the first time the blood went off, it went right into Hayden, like right into her, and just totally <laughs> fucking drenched her. And we're laughing. Everybody's getting trashed. Milo's trying to hold back the you know the, all the the crowd. Yeah. And then uh, later that later that day, um, the first AC that I work with, uh, he was like, "Well, Hayden's here." on set and this is the day I wasn't working I, I just was like I got up and got these text messages and he's like she's like she's really she said she wants us to say like you suck because she had to get there like 4 a.m. and they couldn't get the blood and like purple dye out of her hair and all sorts of shit from from uh, Guar. Oh my gosh! So that's those are my hero stories. Story yeah, that's the best story really ever. Yeah, <laughs> those are the those are the fun moments you have yeah, when you yeah. get to do stuff like that. Of and course, do those crazy things. But that was a yeah, that was a good times. So. Oh, well, go Twilight. So yeah, go Twilight. Speaking of on the other side of that, what are some recent horror films that you've seen that have just blown your fucking mind blown my mind new ones i love dr sleep yes oh, yes i thought that was awesome yeah i loved so it good. i thought it looked awesome i love the way it looked i liked i liked the whole storyline that was great yes strangely enough the other night i watched um oh shit what's the name of the movie uh blah, blah, blah. it's the one it's it just came out it uh it's the hide and seek movie Oh yeah, ready or not, ready or not, ready or not. <gasps> fucking awesome! Yes. I had no idea. <laughs> so like good. me and my wife were like, "Let's what's this? Let's watch this." I'm like, "It's probably gonna suck." Nope. I was so happy, that, like <laughs> like the way that movie went. It was so fucking great. That is so one of my fun. favorite movies. Yes. Like, it is awesome. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. It, the the last time I felt like that was when I didn't know anything about Cabin in the Woods. Oh, right. and I because I didn't want to read anything. I was like, right. "What is it? Cabin in the Woods? What's this?" And so I went and sat down and just without knowing anything about that's Cabin the, in the Woods, that's the best yeah. experience yeah. you yeah. can have in a movie, right? Yeah, just I mean, honestly, I walked out of that movie just like, "Yeah, that was great!" <laughs> like I loved it. Like, and I would, I would love to see you pair up with the Radio Silence guys. Oh yeah, the guys who did oh, yeah. it yeah. or not. Oh yeah. my god, that, that, that would be awesome. Yeah. I would love to do that because they they that was phenomenal. Like I loved everything about that. Yeah, they movie. did a, uh, that segment uh, on VHS, right? Yeah, and that yeah that that anthology film VHS that came out a few years back. Oh my god, that's a great. Yeah. One. Their segment was by far one of the coolest. I never coolest saw coolest things. You gotta check it I out. haven't seen VHS. Yeah, yeah it's definitely worth it. Yeah, if you're a fan of Ready or Not, my god, yeah, Ready or Not was great. Yes, like it was just like the it's just one of those movies that, like I didn't know anything about. Yeah, and yeah. we rented it and and uh, just blew us away. I was <laughs> laughing. The girl, uh, I guess it's Hugo Hugo uh, Weaving's daughter. Oh uh, yeah, Samara Weaving. His yeah, niece, his niece. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was his niece. Yeah. Okay, she was great. She's amazing. And yeah. I loved it. I loved every moment. Like when she, like when that when that guy drove the car and like drove past and like <laughs> it, it, it wasn't like a just it, like it's exactly what any of us would have done. Like you little dick son of a like yelling at this car and I was just like this is so great because it's actually she's playing it out like like a real person would yeah. actually she play it out she improv that oh that it was hilarious yeah. oh was it oh yeah. my god it was so good yeah. yeah like it was I cracked up like it was just those and, and she played that so well like there was just, just all those moments that nail when she oh, when she, when she, oh, that, she yeah. gets shot in the hand oh my god it's good. Yeah. Like, yes. I, I loved it. That kitchen sequence where she gets the big ass gun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, shit. She's going to yeah. blow the house away. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Those bullets. Those right. huge. I was like, I said the yeah. same thing. I was like, if she shoots that, it's going to blow her out the window. Yeah. It's like, they're fake. They're only for display. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You know what? I think you'd probably like, if you haven't seen it already, there's an indie film that came out this year directed by Chelsea Stardust. 
um, who did something for Blumhouse earlier in, uh, on the year from their Into the Dark. Oh, that we destroy thing. Uh, yeah, she did that. But Satanic Panic. Yep. Okay. Did. That is fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay. Practical I'll effects. It, it yeah. is real. That's probably on our list of best of the year. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'll check yeah. that out. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like Knives Out too. Knives Out was fucking awesome. My wife's been trying to get me to go see Knives Out, go. and I was like, "It's just Clue, right? It's fucking no. great. It, it okay. really is." I'll have to go see that set then. design. I mean, you know, I guess horror. I don't know. I would consider it right, like In thriller, the thriller horror yeah. space. Okay. Yeah, I'll amazing set design, but it's, it's almost like cousins to ready or not in a way oh really yeah which okay, is that's why cool. i just fucking loved it yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah i'll have to check that out like, then <laughs> that's awesome yeah i'll check that out for sure going forward do you want to direct more horror yeah i mean i i definitely want to direct more stuff you know like i'm i'm uh i'm always up for that you know i do love camera operating i love doing that you know it's 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 what i've been doing for a long time but i definitely would like to go direct more horror films more action stuff i love action movies too I would like to do any of that. Like, I, I hope that I get more opportunities to do it, you know, because it's just it, but it, the projects have to be something that I'm really into also, because it's right. like I don't want to do something. It's just like, hey, we have this one project. And it's like, uh, I'm not really down with that. I just want you know, you, you like going back to saying you need to have your heart into it. You got to have your heart into these things, yeah. right. you know, because you can always tell when somebody has their heart into a movie, you know, and even if it's even if it's a shitty movie and there's something about it you like and you can tell someone poured their heart and soul into it, you know, it's just like you got to believe in it. It'd be awesome to watch you do one of these conjuring movies and they're going to keep turning them out. <laughs> oh, I would, I would die. And those guys are great. You know, everybody over there, um, atomic monster and new line and everything like, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I've been really lucky to have got in with, with that, with that group, you know, and it's just like, they're, they're a good family to work with. They're a good bunch of people. Peter Safran is fantastic. You know, James Wan is fantastic. Michael clear. All those guys are, they're killer. So hopefully, Hopefully one day, maybe yeah. well, I'll just be like, "Hey guys, and uh, <laughs> exactly. here's this idea. Let's do that." <laughs> you never yeah. know. Yeah, yeah we'll so see. Great. We'll see. I have so much respect for you and what you do because I'm filming my daughter's program tomorrow, <laughs> and the pressure's oh, on. And every time I think I'm doing a great job, I look at it, and it's like I have the shakes. Like I just don't understand what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> what well, do you mean, like the camera shake? Yes, it's so bad. I'm like, who filmed this? How? Is this me? You have to secure yourself, and and then also just believe in what you're doing. And I, I swear to God, if you don't think about it, that's the one thing. It's like it's crazy. If if I, if I think about shit too much when I'm doing the camera stuff, I'll fuck up. Okay. If I if I just go with it, usually, and I'm just kind of just free flowing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you kind of want to know what's going on a little bit, but don't 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 uh, just just go with it. You know, okay. don't uh, don't let it get to you. All right. You gotta get one of those rigs that you wear. So don't it's rig. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't get those things. We all make fun of people that wear those. <laughs> you don't want that. No. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, that was you guys. So fucking great. Yeah, I had a blast, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. That was a Boo Crew Podcast episode 110. Special thanks to our guest, BJ McDonald. Follow him at BJ McDonald on Instagram, BJ McDonald1 on Twitter. Get Slayer's Repentless Killogy on Blu-ray and Hatchet 3 on Blu-ray and digital now. Music for this episode from Slayer. Production tracks provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying sweet screams.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepypastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.